is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open, Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown Bulldogs! Howdy, y'all. Welcome into the Most Valuable Sports Podcast. Brandon Worth joining me here live in studio. Glad you guys could join today. Got a great show for you here as we have a lot to cover. Fair State men's basketball makes the national tournament. We'll break down their opening matchup as well as the bracket and more, as well as hockey faces a well-anticipated matchup this weekend and Mankato against Minnesota State. And we'll get back into March Madness, which, believe it or not, is only... A couple days away from Selection Sunday. Boy, it is going to be a fun one. And we'll break down some sleepers as well as some matchups and teams to look out for going into this year's bracket. But before we get going here, as I know many of you are returning from spring break, which I'm with you, I know. We wish we could have spring break be like a month. But unfortunately, the academic calendar says we must go on. So the show will continue to go on this semester and appreciate all the love that we've had. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already on all of our podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, in case you miss any episode that you didn't actually get to hear live on the radio and WBRN, 1460 AM, 107.7 and 96.5 FM, which if you are listening live, hey, y'all, make sure that you can subscribe as well in case you ever miss any of these shows live on air, which also, in case you're out of the area, you can download the WBRN app and you can be tuned in no matter where you are, as long as you have cellular service or Wi-Fi. It's certainly a cool gadget that I've been able to use in core for a lot of the stuff that we've been able to do here uh, at the station as well with the podcasts and certainly look forward to having Joe back with me here this upcoming week. Heard he's coming back from Nashville. So uh, we tried to make sure we could get the show uh, over, but a lot of the dates and stuff for me and Joe weren't necessarily working out on our spring breaks, but we'll make it back to regularly scheduled programming in no time on Monday uh, as well. So as well, big thank you to WBRN as well as Bulldog Radio uh, and by Spotify, as well as all of our great collaborative partners, as well with Meba, as well as Fair Stay ISI. Uh, we do have nothing but great things to say about the collaboration partnership we've had to get our great studio, as well as get all of our content out on the big platforms. And it's been nothing but a blessing for me and Joe. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. Fair State Sports Rundown here. We got a lot of sports coming up on deck this weekend, many sports finishing up their postseason. All right, should say not postseason, but spring break play um, for spring as well as a lot of teams in postseason play now with winter sports, including hockey and basketball. Those are the prominent ones we're looking at here for this upcoming weekend. It all starts up on Friday night where it will be a matchup of epic proportions that will be starting tonight as you're listening to this live. If you're a day behind, no worries. Uh, It's going to be a great matchup between uh, Minnesota State and Ferris State uh, certainly is a matchup that we've seen before in Mankato, and I'm sure they remember uh, what happened in the last time these two teams met. But semifinals for the CCHA, the Mason Cup, certainly is going to be great. That will start it up this evening. Uh, if you're listening on Friday, it's going to be an epic battle. 707 puck drop there from Mankato, as well as the second game uh, will take place coming up on Saturday at 707 p.m. and then Sunday, uh, TBD 
on the puck drop in case we go to a third, but maybe the dogs will sweep and give us an extra day to rest on Sunday before the Mason Cup final. But that would be absolutely sweet. But some other matchups coming up this weekend, especially Ferris State men's basketball, which we'll get into breakdown here in just a little bit. Um, against Ashland, that game at noon on March 11th, that would be Saturday, um, from the University of Indy in the Midwest Regional D2 quarterfinal. So certainly we'll see uh, another matchup with the Ashland Eagles once again, which will break down all that as well as softball and uh, as well as golf and tennis will be returning here from their spring break trips. And we'll get into breaking down with our full spring sports preview coming up here in the near future, along with outdoor track and fields. So make sure you subscribe for that. But anyway, getting right into the postseason rookabouts here with these matchups. Uh, certainly we can start with ice hockey, the one that will be taking place first starting on Friday night. Big matchup against the Minnesota State Mavericks, a team that is the number one seed uh, going into this tournament, defeated Lake State in the opening round matchup in the quarterfinal. This is a definitely a intriguing game on paper, and the reason why is many teams already had wrote us off in round one, and that's fine. They Obviously, they can reap what they sow, uh, and they can really kind of take what they said and they can take it back because we proved that we were a better team than Bowling Green and we beat them at their place two nights in a row in overtime and extended time on the ice. I think that's impressive. But last time we went to Mankato, huge success, right? 2-1 and 3-2 wins back on December 2nd and 3rd. Obviously, that was four months ago, but this is a team that has been able to go back and get those successes they had in these different arenas and put it to the test, right? Bowling Green was a prime example last weekend. The biggest, honestly, the biggest weekend series we probably had this season was when we went to Bowling Green, um, really outside of Mankato. Obviously, Mankato is probably the number one, but in recent is of the month of February, Bowling Green's weekend where we were able to take five points was absolutely huge. And we were able to take that success in their barn against their student section, their fans, and we were able to put it to the Falcons and win two games in overtime. That's huge. And when you look at how they did it, they weren't necessarily the top shooting team. They put the pressure on when they needed to, and they were able to find the net against a lot of, I wouldn't necessarily call them questionable penalties, but it was a very ticky tacky series there uh, from Bowling Green that weekend. It was definitely hard to go in the box five straight times, especially in the second game. I don't know how you can get penalties on five straight plays and have to go on the penalty kill five straight times, but the dogs did it and they got out of it and they were still able to win that game. That's impressive. So they're going to be taking that confidence they're going to be going to Mankato. And especially when you look at the matchup with Mankato, I think this is a game where you're going to see a lot of shots from the Mavericks. They know that they are going to have the ability to throw a lot of shots on net. They're a fundamentally offensive powerhouse team. They're great defensively. They're good in really almost any aspect of the game. When we were able to slow them down a little bit and use the counterattack, that's when we were able to get those goals. Because if you guys remember all the way back in those games at Mankato, we were getting pretty much outshot heavily against the Mavericks, especially that Saturday game, which was the one that I went to check up from memory. The score line in shots in the box score was 39-13 Mavericks, 39-13 to we still won that game two to one. So you are, excuse me, it was actually three to two. It was a three to two game. The night before was two to one. And I believe that one was just about the same in the score tally uh, when it came to shots. And it was a 34 to 13 difference. So both nights 
we had to take a combined over 70, almost 70 shots, over 70 shots. And we only put up 25 of our own. And we still scored two more goals in the Mavericks in 120 minutes of hockey. That is downright impressive. And that is what I think Minnesota State is going to be looking to counter this weekend. I think that they want to go faster. They want to put more pressure on and take a lot of the chances. But I don't think they want to throw them up at will. I think they're going to take more of their time and look for quality looks. There was times where Bowling Green was able to do that, especially on the power play. But I think when you look at how we can counter that, the defense has been playing very well. Noah Giesbrecht is back to his old self. He's going to be playing really well this weekend. I expect big save numbers from him and I think the defense is starting to really find their stride and formation I think the offense you give it up to that top line with Picorni and Branch on Venuto they've been the hot streak and especially the freshmen they have been playing phenomenal as well Travis Shouty had a big goal in that Falcon series I think Fair State really has a good shot in this game and I think it's crazy that we were looking at years past and we really kind of threw the Bulldogs out didn't really have a chance and then they ended up beating Minnesota State as the number two team. And now we feel more confident almost than ever that we are going into this series with the most momentum we could possibly have. And that's good for the dogs. That's good for the boys and Coach Daniels' crew. And obviously in the media press room uh, for a lot of the early media availability and press conferences, we've heard Coach Daniels say they've had good practices. They have been in the position where they feel really good this upcoming weekend. Obviously last week, very taxing, right? 120 minutes plus in over overtime is a lot to take in a weekend, especially back to back. We're thankful that series did not go to three games. Otherwise, it would be very much exhaustion there. But the boys are off the plane. They're getting their warm up sessions in and we're ready to watch them do well in Mankato. 707 puck drops. Friday and Saturday. If a third game is needed, it'll, I believe, will be five o'clock from Mankato on Sunday. You can find all that information out at FairStateBulldogs.com or the CCHA website following the Mason Cup. We'll take a quick break when we get back. Men's and women's basketball recap, as well as the boys look to get to the regional championship from the University of Indy. Don't go anywhere. The MBSP is proud to partner with the people of Eagle Village Incorporated. With over 50 years of experience helping and changing the lives of youth, there are opportunities for you to be the next to make a direct impact, including plenty of positions available, including summer staff, internships, and more. For more information, visit eaglevillage.org. Eagle Village, where potential source. Now moving into basketball here, Ferris State men's basketball made the NCAA Division II regional round in the bracket as the number six seed coming into this tournament. And to be honest, I think it was might be not necessarily uh, surprised that we made it in. Obviously, there was concerns that there would be technically a chance that the Bulldogs would miss the tournament despite being a top four team at one point. I think it was just a little concerning as we went down the reveal that the name was still not up there. But we end up drawing the sixth seed and we'll play the Red Hot Ashland Eagles. And I think this is a very interesting matchup as we kind of go in and break it down. The Ashland Eagles was a team we played earlier on this year. If those that remember, it was certainly a firepower of a game over the thing. Thanksgiving Classic, and that game was the championship game, of course, after Ferris beat Great Lakes Christian and East-West lost to the Eagles to get to that point, but the Eagles really found their stride in the second half of the season, and we ended up beating them after trailing at half by 233-31, I believe it was the score at halftime, we ended up winning 75-69, and when you looked at that game in comparison... Ashland shot the ball really well from three. They were nine of 22. We were nine of 28. Uh, so 8% higher from three point range. Uh, and they made a lot of free throws. They had 26 attempts. They had 20 free throws that they made. But what really 
stood out in that game was we controlled the basketball and I don't remember if there's actually a technically time of possession uh, in that game which is a stat I wish that we could have in basketball because that is something that I really want to look into and try to dive into um, and just see really how long some of these teams take on possessions and how beneficial it is in that comparison of moving the basketball around or if teams moving quicker gets more success I'm surprised that it's not tracked in um, like some other sports is but anyway there was a definite emphasis on controlling the basketball and it worked right we only had nine turnovers compared to Ashland's 15 and they certainly turned the ball over a little bit more they tried to rush and get back into the game especially in that second half when we made a run and we were able to get 14 points off those turnovers but one of the biggest keys too we did not necessarily out rebound the Eagles we did in key moments and we were able to score in the paint that was a big time counter to Ashland's shooting attack so we were able to get inside and we were able to really find our way inside the key and we're able to score Delapo had a really good game he had 11 points and seven boards in this one that those remember as well as we saw some really solid minutes as well from Reese Hazelton and Baez Grizoulis and we saw really a lot of these guys really getting able to be get inside penetrate score the basketball uh, inside the key which Ashland now has become a much better team um, since that point but I think there it is a very winnable matchup when you look down to it I think out of any of the teams that you looked uh, in this bracket they're one of the ones that you would almost want to play and that's not necessarily disrespect to Ashland saying that they're the worst team it's the team we know the most and the team that we've had success against in the years past so the seeding of course will say that Ashland is the better team but I think this is going to be a real fair fight and I'm sure that the committee saw this as a really good 3-6 matchup when they put the bracket together Um, but there's definitely going to be a lot of great matchups especially in the Midwest region this is how it shook out in case those that uh, that missed the selection show or just probably looked up to see when Ferris State play. University of Indy, uh, dominant regional season. I were the number one seed. They're going to host. They're going to take on the McKendry squad that ran through the GOVC in dominant fashion and is the eight seed. Boy, they really took it to them. I believe they were the seven seed uh, in that conference tournament and ran through a lot of those good teams, especially uh, knocking off Missouri St. Louis in the final, who was probably in that consideration for being a potential number one seed with University of Indy's early exit, but they ended up losing to McKendry in that title game, McKendry gets the automatic bid and they make the tournament. Hillsdale and Northern Michigan will match up in the 4-5. That's going to be a really interesting matchup. The Wildcats knock Ferris State out of the GLIAC semifinal tournament earlier on uh, last weekend, but the Northern Michigan team ended up winning the GLIAC tournament championship uh, against a really good Michigan Tech team who was really looking to play spoilers. That could have been the second year in a row an eight seed ran the table and won that GLIAC tournament. That would have been something, but that's going to be a firepower matchup. Hillsdale likes to score the basketball. Northern Michigan loves to score the basketball. That's going to be an offensive affair for sure. Missouri St. Louis Wisconsin Parkside will be a good matchup. Wisconsin Parkside, a team that was the number one seed in the GLIAC and they end up falling the quarterfinal round to the Huskies, so they're looking for revenge against a red-hot team in the Umsel Tritons, so that's going to be a 2-7 matchup that'll take place after the Ferris Ashland game at noon, uh, which will be certainly I think this will be more of a defensive matchup. I think you're going to see what team scraps out and gets defensively uh, a lot of opportunities to get turnovers, to be able to score off the turnovers and able to steal possessions. I think it's going to be a really fundamentally defensive, powerful game that we'll see some obviously some big playmaking and some big scoring uh, but I would anticipate this game to be lower scoring as opposed to some other games like Hillsdale Northern Michigan as well as potentially Parkside and Missouri St. Louis but 
it's going to be a fun matchup for sure. Uh, we've seen a lot of guys that have played really well um, over the last couple of games. Hopefully we see Solomon Oregbu, uh after being absent from that Saturday game. Uh, he certainly was playing well going into the GLIAC tournament, especially the final rounds of the season. Uh, but certainly uh, you've seen Ben Davidson's really picked up the scoring as well. Delapo and the big men have been cleaning it up on the boards um, and just being able to control the basketball. That's been the biggest key for this team. We know we have the talent to compete with anybody in the country. We keep pounding that dead horse uh, over and over again on the show, but it's so true. And I think it's just one of those things where we just got to play our way and it's going to be in good shape. But I mean, the way that they rebounded after that Purdue Northwest game being down by 15 at the half, able to score 51 and a half, that just shows you how explosive uh, this team can be. So, uh, but some names to watch out for, especially on the Ashland side. Especially in that championship game, uh, you saw some really good play there from Simon Wheeler and Brandon Haraway. Both of those guys, um, especially Haraway, was a good player uh, in that Ashland series when we played him earlier on this year. He's a very high volume scorer. He's going to be the guy that's out there by far the longest. I actually just looked at the championship box score uh, when they played Malone uh, in that GMAC final, and Brandon Haraway is the only guy that went 40 minutes, right? So he is their leader. He is the glue guy. He is the man that's going to help take Ashland places. So we got to neutralize him. Simon Wheeler is a very talented scorer. Uh, He can do it in a multitude of ways from beyond the three-point arc as well as inside. Uh, But we got scores too, and it's going to be a fun matchup. And defensively, I think that's got to be the emphasis going into this game is who plays defense better is going to win it for sure. Anyway, finishing out here with basketball, women's end up falling uh, just short of a potential GLIAC tournament revisit. Uh, It was certainly a great season all the way around. Obviously, injuries really kind of prohibited the maximum potential of this season with uh, Caden Blanchard out as well as my high rim out for the season earlier on this year. The girls played really well, 17 and 12 overall uh, on the finish, really made a lot of noise in the GLIAC tournament by being a really good Wisconsin Parkside team, right? Third matchup with them, finally got the first win. It's hard to beat a team three times, and that's what we've learned, uh, especially in a lot of these games, but end up falling to Michigan Tech, 68-57 from Allendale in the semifinal, which the Huskies would end up going on to lose against the Lakers uh, in that title game, but both those teams end up making the tournament. Uh, I believe Grand Valley sitting at a number two seed and the Tech Huskies at the number four seed, so we'll be interested to see how that one goes, but Still a great overall season. You saw a lot of great prominence and great play, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks. You saw Mallory McCartney really hit her stride. Chloe Idoni finishing as the third highest score in the conference and top 20 in the nation scoring. That's kind of the year that she had all year long. And this team's got a lot of great depth, right? Kenzie Bowers had a great first season as a Bulldog. L. Irwin really stood out as a really talented freshman that's got a lot of potential um, as well as really Mia Riley can is going to be a great shooter for us. She's a very dynamic player and just getting a lot of those other players, uh, another year of experience, especially we saw Deshauna day really have great strides. She was defensively very stout this year. Grace Sullivan, a very good playmaker off the bench as the sixth man or sixth woman, I should say, uh, as well as Makwa continues to get better. And once you get that team fully healthy and back in the full stride next year, this team is going to be deadly, right? Mallory McCartney and Chloe, I the two that unfortunately 
run out of eligibility. But the depth on this team was very apparent, and I think that's going to be uh, something emphasized throughout previews going into this year. Uh, scoring and defensively, or I should say defensively, in a multitude of ways, they can do it uh, both inside, outside, and defensively. I think this team has a little bit of work to do, but they're starting to get their stride. Especially you saw that at the end of the year, um, they started really playing well after that little skid they had. They only gave up 64 and 68, as well as 72 to the really the three highest scoring teams in the GLIAC um, outside of us. So I think that really can show you that the team's getting much better. And there's a lot to look forward to in the next upcoming years. But certainly looking forward to seeing uh, our Bulldogs continue their success. Softball continues their spring break run. They've certainly played some great games, uh, getting a lot of splits on the road against some really good teams uh, in Florida. So certainly seeing the improvement, continuing to try to get wins in the win column um, as we can return back. And it'll be right at it on March 11th. Um, those are the last couple games on Saturday. And then it's Lewis on March 15th going over to face the Flyers and then the Tiffin Dragons and then Ashland. And then it's Gleak play. It's go time, especially at home. And it's going to be a fun matchup. March 22nd, the home opener for Fair State Softball. Going to be fun to see um, for them as well. And especially for golf as well, getting underway um, in their spring season has certainly been one to watch. They've certainly put on um, some great performances overall this year, especially um, in a lot of these great overall tournaments to start the year. The Kaiser Cup, fourth place for the women's squad, uh, really showing um, really all the depth in the world. This team certainly as a program, there's no question that the depth on that women's team um, has been really spectacular. And uh, the men are continuing to compete as we speak over at the SHU Spring Invitational, uh, doing really well out of round one, right out of the gates. Uh, a little bit of a younger team that still has a lot of experience. Um, and they'll be continuing that in Daytona Beach and being able to get some more rounds under their belt. And I think when you look at how the teams in that field, you can tell that there's a lot of stacked teams, uh, especially the fact that there is only one non division two team in this tournament and it's fair state and they're competing with a lot of these d1 schools that shows you how great of a team this can be so going to be fun to see how that finishes out as well as men's and women's track and field the schedule is out uh, officially a little bit of change-ups but some familiarity with years past going back to western kentucky as well as oakland and bucknell those will be three primetime meets to start the year as well as finishing off in the great state of michigan in the grand rapids area with grand valley and then davenport back to back for the Invitational and the GLIAC Outdoor Championships. We'll get into all that spring previews and much more coming up here shortly. But we'll take our final break. When we come back, I'll break down March Madness, some teams that are out, some teams that are in, and the teams you need to circle for upset potential. Don't go anywhere. Are you a Ferris Day student interested in getting into audio production, music, podcasting, or even DJing? Bulldog Radio could be the place for you with plenty of opportunities and hands-on experience within not only these realms, but the marketing and social media opportunities outside. Join us to have your voice heard. No other place than Bulldog Radio. March Madness is here. Get out your brackets, your favorite pens and pencils, and whatever method you make to make your picks. It's that time of year, one of my favorite times of year. And it's certainly going to be a very interesting tournament this year as we continue to track teams that are on the bubble that have clinched their spot in conference tournaments. And of course, many of you are wondering, who are the upset teams you need to look out for? And I'll make some of my picks here as we continue on the show as well. Some teams that won't make the tournament and some teams uh, that are really looking at potentially making a huge run in the month of March. But 
when you look at a lot of these teams, especially uh, on the bubble right now, um, there's one team that sticks out immediately that I think is not going to make the tournament. That's my own team. It's Michigan Wolverines. I don't believe that they're going to make the tournament. I think they've had three prime chances to boost their resume over the last three games, losing and blowing leads uh, at Illinois, blowing a lead in a big time game against Iowa, as well as losing in the first round to a Rutgers team that was beatable. They're still a good team, but that was a game that they needed to win uh, in that quarterfinal round for Big Ten play, and they didn't win it. So I think that's really going to be the worst case scenario for them. And I don't know if there's necessarily with their quad one resume, they're not going to make it in. This team has definitely shown spurts of great talent, but the inconsistency and the individuality of that team playing ball is something that I don't think is going to get them far um, to get into March Madness. Obviously they have loads and loads of talent, some star studded recruits, but it's what the team really can do together as a collective unit. That's what made teams really good in years past, especially when we made all the way a run to the final four before losing to UC. LA, who's looking like a prime contender this year as well. Uh, but I don't think they're going to make the tournament, unfortunately. And as a Michigan fan, that hurts. But uh, frankly, watching that team, I don't think they're good enough to make a good run in March Madness, even if they found their way to sneak in for some odd reason. But with their resume, I don't think it's possible, but some other teams that are on the bubble from the big 10 Wisconsin after an early round exit uh, in the double digit rounds for big 10 play in the tournament. Uh, I think their chances are very, very slim of making to the tournament also because their resume hasn't been great. They've been pretty inconsistent this year um, and they've lost to some teams. They shouldn't have, even though they've had a couple good quad one wins. Uh, I think they're still going to be maybe held out of this tournament, but I do think Penn state might've found themselves in the tournament. They have played some really good basketball Bulls have recently got some big wins last week against a good Northwestern team um, that's really been taken off this last couple of games. And I think you look especially for how well that Penn State has played throughout the year. They have had their ups and downs, but during those big stretches, there's been games nobody's been able to beat them. And I think that's definitely something as we look into the Big Ten tournament that will be something to watch, especially with some of these teams still going. Um, Ohio State also, by the way, look at them go. They're now in a position where they have made it to the quarterfinal. And that's a team that has really kind of dropped off the map after being a top 25 team to start the season. Uh, But they're still riding. They ended up defeating Wisconsin as well as pulling off a big upset against Iowa. And now they're going to be taking on Michigan State, a team um, that has played some pretty solid ball over the last couple of games as well. Penn State will be playing Northwestern once again. So look out potential upset there for the Nittany Lions um, as well as Rutgers and Purdue. We're facing off in the 9-1 matchup and then Maryland against Indiana to round out the quarterfinal round coming up. So I think there's really strong belief. I think that many people pick pick Purdue to win the Big Ten tournament. I don't know about that. I'm going to be looking necessarily at Indiana, um, a team that's going to be playing potentially um, against Penn State or Northwestern. I think Northwestern might be getting a revenge game, but I like Indiana's chances in that rematch game, and they'll get a chance at Purdue once again, I think, and they might beat them in that championship game. But as far as some teams to look out for, especially um, going into this March Madness tournament, uh, I think that there's no question about it um, that my crazy pick of UConn might be legit. And I'm not necessarily saying this to toot my own horn, but 
I something about the way that team can really turn it on at parts of the season, and they really have right now, and they've been playing fantastic. And I think that's got to be something that can really put them in a prime position to make these runs in March. Now, I understand that there is inconsistency concerns, and I know that, but I think this is definitely a position where where they're sitting right now as of the last uh, bracketology report that was done as of this morning on Friday uh, by ESPN's expert Joe Lenardi uh, that puts UConn on his board. He has him, I believe, right now sitting at a pretty solid spot necessarily in the rankings and not necessarily saying that they are number three team. I think that they're probably going to be number four by the end of it based on the Big East tournament, but the Big East is wide open and they might win that whole thing and that might solidify them potentially as a two seed if there were to be a team um, that falls out early like a potential uh, really when you look at the Big 12 tournament Texas Baylor Baylor already lost in the big 12 tournament so they could take a tumble to three so that does open the door uh, for the potential uh, scoot up for the Huskies so I'm really riding on my pick I'm not gonna lie I was definitely seeing that maybe as a downfall throughout the majority of the year Uh, but UConn's played some good basketball and they're in a prime position right now uh, to make a run in the Big East tournament and get some momentum going into March but some notable teams on the seeding right now of course the number one seeds right now uh, probably Probably you could say unanimous Kansas, Alabama, Houston, and then probably the only one you can make an argument for. And it's really going to be based off of how the tournaments go for the respective conferences, Purdue versus UCLA for that final number one spot. I think that's really the only one that we could maybe say uh, is up in the air right now, depending on each team. Obviously, Purdue is in the quarterfinals of the Big Ten tournament against Rutgers. UCLA um, is going to make try to make a run in the Pac-12. So it's really going to come down to how those two teams do. That'll really put them in a prime position um, to see if they can get the number one seeds. The number two seeds, Arizona, um, Purdue, as I just mentioned, also in that uh, Baylor in Texas. I mean, as I just mentioned with UConn, there's a chance there that uh, Baylor drops down to a three with their early eggs in the Big 12 tournament against Iowa State. Um, but I think there's still a good chance that Baylor can make a run potentially as a number three seed because a team that's made it all the way before, obviously, you can't count them out, right? North Carolina last year prime example, but hey, they could be missing the tournament too, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, Some notable teams to you, and especially in this area, of course, the Michigan State Spartans are one of the first ones that come to mind. Right now, Joe Lenardi's got them in a number seven seed, uh, potentially in the East region. I think that's a pretty solid pick, but I think when you look at it, I think that they're more of a a high-ceiling seven. I think that you can see them playing as a potential five. Um, As they win this Big Ten tournament, I could see them going up to a five, right? I think that they have the firepower. They have the players. They have the resume, right? And I think that you can make that argument, right? They're only 19 and 11 on the season. But if you look at their last couple of games, uh, really outside of the Iowa game where they really just got dealt a bad hand with the way I was shooting the basketball and that Michigan game, beating Indiana, beating a really good Nebraska team, uh, being an Ohio State team that's been doing very well. Uh, I think they have a really good resume uh, beating a lot of these teams that you can see there in those 10, 11 spots, wherever they may fall. 
in the seeding, right? You have Rutgers, who's a team that right now, I believe Joe and Artie actually has as a play in, which is kind of crazy to me. I think Rutgers has put themselves firmly in uh, based off that win against Michigan. But then again, they could be on the last team in situation. So you don't know Uh, right now, the first four out Oklahoma state, Clemson, Nevada, and Wisconsin right now, Michigan, North Carolina on the next four out there, you might be done uh, potentially as of now due to their early exits. But the last four in right now, Rutgers, Pittsburgh, Utah State, and Arizona State. And I think Penn State is also in the last four buys teams. So right now, Penn State versus Rutgers, really, it's the race to try to get a buy. And that's kind of to avoid the play-in. But Certainly some uh, good matchups on deck. Illinois sits at a nine seed right now. They would be potentially matched up against a really good. There's a lot of good eight seeds in this tournament uh, based off of what I'm seeing already. Potentially you have uh, Iowa as a potential eight seed. We know that they can get hot at the right times. Uh, Arkansas, who's a really deadly eight seed. They've just had a really bad stumble this year. Uh, so that could be an interesting one to watch as well. Uh, but some other notable teams, uh, Gonzaga sitting in a three seed right now. They really help themselves. Uh, after really kind of a disappointing season to their standards, uh, beating St. Mary's and getting that WCC title. Um, They're sitting at a three seed right now, and I think they're pretty comfortable with that uh, on the outside looking in as kind of a sleeper pick uh, for many people as well. Iowa State, who's been playing really well, as just mentioned, beating Baylor. They're sitting at a five seed right now, so they're going to be potentially in that West region wreaking havoc. Uh, Virginia, number four seed, they could bump their way up uh, for how well they've played. I think that their potential on paper, obviously the committee looks at a lot of the resumes and all the numbers, but their talent can be a top three, top two team, right? They've been a number one seed for many years in past because of their program and and they've played really good basketball and they lived up to it. So I think that they could move their way up uh, as well as Marquette um, playing really good. They've already knocked their spot in as an automatic qualifier for the way that they've played. So I think now you look at where Marquette is at and I think the only thing that's really holding them back is we've seen Marquette as a high seed in years past and get upset. And I think that is historically going to give the committee a little bit of concern where to rank them, but Northwestern, some other big 10 teams right now at the seven, Indiana at the four. Uh, I believe also I mentioned Iowa at the eight. Uh, Maryland is also at eight right now, which I think they might be a little bit weaker of an eight seed out of those other three. Uh, but Duke is a number five seed right now. So they could be a team that really could spark, really spark some momentum in that ACC tournament and really springboard themselves on the seeding list to try to potentially get up to the number four spot or an early exit could set them down. Maybe to a potential six, but if they're at a six seed, that's a really deadly six seed alongside of another blue blood at the number six spot, the Kentucky Wildcats. So it's going to be a great weekend of March Madness, especially as Selection Sunday is upon us. Some upset picks real quick before we go um, that I'm going to tell you to look out for as concerned of automatic qualifiers already. Uh, I think one team that you need to look out for potentially, um, I think is the Drake Bulldogs. I mean, them playing in the Mountain Valley, they're a team that consistently uh, really does a great job of making sure that they play their best basketball at the right time, right? They ran through their way through the conference tournament, beat Bradley, a team that has notoriously been in the tournament year after year. And Drake's played some good basketball, right? In recent memory, got into the tournament and did some good things. Uh, and they're going to be taking on either probably based off of right now is a 12 seed. They're going to be taking on some of these five seeds. And obviously Iowa State and Duke, uh, pretty much the powerhouse ones. TCU and Miami, those two teams have been a little up and down. So if they're in a matchup potentially there, that could be an upset that we might not necessarily think on paper like yep that's the one I'm circling but 
Drake has been a good team when it matters most. And they've showed that in these conference tournaments uh, year after year. I think another one you got to look out for is St. Mary's number six seed, potentially seven seed, five seed. They're not necessarily as lower on the list, but I think you have to consider them as one of those favorites that you want to run into the lead eight, maybe even the sweet 16. And I think that the way that they play fundamentally is good for March. I think that's what's going to make them such a good team uh, potentially in this tournament. So uh, final one that I have here, um, just based off of overall um, the teams that have already gotten in. Um, I want to say Colgate. I really do. Uh, I don't think this year's Colgate team is as powerful as we've seen in years past. Obviously um, the three point shoot is what's made this team uh, certainly one to watch going into the tournament, and that kind of didn't work out for them last year. But the one that I will mention is Oral Roberts, the team that beat Ohio State last year is a 15 seat. They're back and they're ready for vengeance. They have some big size inside with a 7-5 center, um, and I think that they are a team that can really make some noise from the Summit League. And I think that really when you look at how well they played this year, especially Max Abramis coming back and the depth that they have inside, I think they could be a team that can wreak some havoc this year in the brackets. So there's some upset picks to look out for. Fill out your brackets. Have a good time. I certainly will. And we'll continue to break that down as well with Joe back with me next week. And until then, make sure you subscribe at the MBSP on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and as well on social media. But I'm Brandon Worth signing off. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.